I want to begin this morning by reading two portions of Scripture to you. One is from Galatians chapter 5, and the other is from John chapter 8. And you may want to keep your Bibles open to Galatians 5, because we'll refer to it throughout the message. But I would also like for you to catch the words that are found in John 8. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Down to verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And the entire law is summed up by a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 16, so I say live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, but here is what happens as we live in the Spirit of God. Verse 22, the Spirit will develop in our life love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Over in John chapter 8, there are just a few verses which also speak of the freedom that is ours in the person of Jesus Christ. And it begins with verse 31, which says, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, teaching you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In verse 36, it goes on to say, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. During the course of this past week, I put the words Independence Day on my computer and asked for a definition or asked for information. And the information that came up said this. In the United States, Independence Day is commonly known as the 4th of July. It's a federal holiday commemorating the adoption of the Declaration of Independence on July 4, 1776, declaring independence from the Kingdom of Great Britain. It went on to share a little bit more about that independence, and then it went on to say most of the Americans will celebrate that day in a variety of ways. There'll be fireworks, there'll be parades, there'll be barbecues, there'll be picnics, hopefully. There'll be concerts and baseball games and a variety of other public and private events. It is a day of celebration for those in the United States declaring what they wanted, which was freedom from Great Britain. Freedom and independence are always important. When I had kids growing up in my home, it was not too long before they can say, oh, I want to do that. I can do that. And I would try to help them, or my wife would try to help them in a variety of ways, but they wanted their freedom, and they wanted to show they could do it on their own. And there came a day when they were like 16 years of age when they thought, I can even jump in that car and go. And I'd have to come back and say, no, 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 i got to go with you, and we've got to go through a process, and you've got to learn an awful lot of things. You can't imagine how hard it is 
to actually get out on that road and drive. All they could see is they wanted to be free and they wanted to go. I thought it would be good for us to look at freedom today uh, in terms of God's eyes and to see it as God sees it and see it as God sees it when it comes to us as his children, as, his, as those of us who are work, walking our way through this world trying to find our way and to make sense out of our way and to understand the relationship we can have with Almighty God. And when we do, we find out that God the Father has a great deal that he has planned for you and for me. There are people all around us, and I've got three or four of these who are very much in my life right now, but there are three or four people who have a real desire to know God, and they refer to themselves quite often as seekers. They're very open about it. They're very honest about it. Sometimes in church, when we see people coming into church and we don't know them, we sense that they might be seekers as well because they have a search, they're on a search for truth and they have a void in their lives, and no matter what is going on in their life or in their experience right now, they just know there's a void here and there must be more. So they begin a search, and they're not sure how to go at that search, so they often begin to make some changes in their life, then they might start by just attending church. Or they might start, as one I know quite well, visiting his parents. He hasn't been visiting his parents, he hasn't checked up on them, he hasn't kind of watched over them, and all of a sudden he knows if he's looking for God and he wants God in his life, maybe he ought to do that. So he's begun to take care of his parents and look after them in a very special way. Or they might do some volunteer work. Or they might go back and heal what was a broken relationship for several years. They do all those kinds of things because they're hoping that somehow they're going to please God and get into God's good graces and the life that they're living is going to be radically changed somehow because of a relationship with God. But a subtle thing happens as you watch these people go through that process. Rather than putting their trust in God, when they go down the track of trying to reach God, trying to please God, trying to do something that's going to put them in a right relationship with God, they really end up believing and trusting in their own ability and in their inner goodness and in their ability to support good causes or maybe even in their volunteerism. And what happens when they approach God in this way is the person becomes convinced somewhere along the way that it's good deeds that puts them in the good graces of Almighty God. And it's being a pretty good person, Minnesota Knights, that puts them in the right relationship with God, or that somehow they can try to do some spiritual things, and if they're a spiritual person in God's eyes, that's going to give them the peace, and that's going to give them the freedom, and that's going to give them the strength they're looking for in life. And these are the ways they're trying to get acceptance from Almighty God. But the result is this. The void that was in their life comes back. And the bondage that was there, that sent them on their search to begin with, that comes back as well. 
And they get to a point where they're working hard to please God, but they're finding no freedom in their life and no joy in their life and no connection with God as they were anticipating and hoping for. That's because there's another way to God. And it's God's plan. And he laid it out. And he laid it out before you and I were even born. And it goes down another track. It's a plan that gets rid of the bondage of sin. It's a plan that frees us up from the guilt of sin. It's a plan that gets rid of the tension in our life to do some good deeds. And it's a plan that takes the pressure off of somehow pleasing God and getting the kind of results in our lives so we can benefit from a relationship with Almighty God. It's a plan that does the things that you and I are actually searching for and we're looking for when we go down that seeker path to find our peace and to find our relationship with Almighty God. But most of all, it's a plan that is laid out by God, so it is the only way to God, and it is a plan that involves you and me, all of us, actually trusting in Jesus Christ. And it's the way we get our forgiveness, and it's the way we get our acceptance, and it's the way we get all the things we're looking for when we begin a journey to find faith and to find a relationship with Almighty God. Now, when Jesus was here on earth, he had a lot of seekers around him all the time. And crowds would follow him, and they would ask him a lot of questions because they were going down some of these tracks we've been talking about because they wanted a relationship with Almighty God. And somehow, as they were listening to Jesus and they knew his message was unique, they decided to listen hard to what he was saying, and they always had questions for him because they were honestly trying to find their way to God. And in John chapter 6 and verse 28, they asked Jesus this question. What, what must we do to do the work that God requires? They were trying to figure out what they could do to please God, what they could do to find their way to God, what they could do to get out from the bondage of sin. What could they do to be free in a world like ours, and yet have a relationship with God. And Jesus came back and answered, this is the work, this is what God wants, this is the work that God wants for you, it's to believe in the one he has sent. So what Jesus is saying is this is the way to God. It is through trust in Jesus Christ. We've probably all heard John 3.16 at one point, We've seen it advertised in football games. We've seen it over and over again. We've heard it probably over and over again. It's like amazing grace. It's one of those things that keeps coming up, and we hear it here and there and everywhere when people are trying to draw close to God. John 3.16 tells it all. John 3.16 wraps it up for us. It says, For God so loved the world, and we can make that very, very personal. So God so loved Bill, or God so loved Ray, or God so loved Mary, whatever your name happens to be. The truth is, for God so loved you that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then in our lesson this morning, Galatians 5.1, 
It says, it is for freedom that Jesus Christ has set us free. So the truth of the matter is, if you're going to find God, you're going to find God through Jesus Christ. The truth is, if you're going to get into God's a relationship with Almighty God, you're going to get into that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you're going to achieve getting rid of that void and getting into a relationship that is meaningful, that is helpful, that is powerful in your life and all that you've been looking for, it's going to happen in the person of Jesus Christ. What Jesus is saying and what John 3.16 is saying is that God's plan centers in Jesus Christ. So as we're going through this search, then we've got to understand if it all is in Christ, what has Christ done for us? What has God's Son purchased for us when he went to the cross. What is it that Jesus Christ, by grace and grace alone, wants to bring into every one of our lives? Now, we know that Jesus came with a message of God's love. And we know that Jesus came into this world, and as he walked his journey through this earthly life, he was an example in every way of how to handle life. And we know that he came in to change our thinking and change our focus when it came, comes to life. He wanted us to go down a different track than what we normally would go down. We know that Jesus Christ came into the world also to do some good works and to love those he was in contact with on a daily basis. We know that he performed some miracles so that we would know that he was much more than just a man, but that he was God himself. And Jesus Christ came into this world to help us know there is a God, and by the way, it's not us. But most of all, he came into this world, he says, to die on a cross, to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin to pay the penalty so that you and I would not carry the guilt and the frustration and the separation from God around in our lives as we go through our daily experience. Jesus Christ died on the cross that you might be forgiven of every sin. Not just the ones that kind of linger in your mind, not just the ones that you wish you could do something about, Jesus came into this world to die for every one of your sins. Even those sins no one else knows anything about. But he also came into this world so that you might know that you are acceptable to God, not on the basis of your own work or your own life or how you live it out, not on the basis through a system of checks and balances, but on the basis of Jesus' pure life which God accepts as a substitute life for your life, a pure life for one that's not pure at all. Jesus Christ had to become a man so he could be our substitute, but Jesus Christ also had to live a pure life in every way so a sinless one could die for the sin of you and me who are not sinless at all. In other words, Jesus paid it all. In other words, Jesus came into this world to 
to connect us with Almighty God, to bring us into a live relationship with God, and to begin to sense that our Lord is in our life, and that makes all the difference in the world, and to know we're forgiven, and to know that we're free to develop a life under the guidance and direction of God. We read already this morning, Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 4, and I'd like to go back and look at that version again with you in a different way, reading from the message this morning, because I think it helps us understand in today's thinking just exactly what we're talking about. It wasn't long ago that you and I were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. And you filled your lungs with polluted unbelief, and then you exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing. All of us were in the same boat. And it's a wonder that God didn't just lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and he made us alive in Christ Jesus. It's by grace that you are saved. He did this all on his own with no help from us, without any of our works. Now, God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. And saving us is all his idea. And it's all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. And we don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we had done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. And he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he's doing all over the earth. Can you grasp it? Jesus' death paid the price for sin. So by trusting in Jesus Christ, first of all, you are forgiven of every sin you've ever committed, and that's where real peace comes from. When someone is on a search and they're looking to fill the void, they want peace, and they're looking for that peace, and that peace comes when you and I are connected with Jesus Christ, and we accept his forgiveness, and we accept his love, and we allow God to come into our lives and we open our hearts to him. By trusting in Jesus Christ, we know that we are loved unconditionally forever. By trusting in Jesus Christ, you will experience God's grace firsthand. And that means every day your Lord is with you as you go through life. You're sure of his daily presence. And by trusting in Jesus Christ, you live free from the penalty and from the power of sin. And his presence will actually come into your life and give you the power to deal with temptation. And that means 
you will never have a reason for fearing God again. And by trusting in Jesus Christ, you're also sure of life eternal. That's why it says in Galatians 5.1, it is in Christ that there's real freedom. It is in Christ that we get everything we're looking for as we go through life. Because only in Christ will we be free. You see, whether we understand this or stop to think about it or not, sin has a way of controlling us and mastering us and dominating us and leading us into one wrong choice after another. And there's no freedom in that. But Jesus says, when I come in, I will walk with you and I will strengthen you and I will enable you to have power in your life to overcome temptation. Only in Christ will you be truly loved with pure motives. Only in Christ will you become the person that God intended for you to be and the person you would like to be. But there's more good news. God's Holy Spirit is going to personalize all this for you. He's going to make it work for you. He's going to guide you. And he's going to give you the strength that you need in your life, and he's going to meet the needs that you have in your life. Because in Galatians 5.1, it says, not only says it is, freedom that Christ, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, but it also says, so stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. That means very simply, always follow Christ. Not a group with a lot of man-made rules. Not a legalistic teacher or leader with a lot of do's and don'ts. Because if you get into something like that, you're going to be in bondage again. That's when the yoke of slavery shows up and you're going to be depending on your strength again and your wisdom and the wisdom of that leader rather than on God's provision and God's direction and God's work in your life. And there will be pressure to become like the one you are following rather than to simply put yourself in God's hands so you can become what God intends for you to be, which is exactly what you want to be. The Apostle Paul said, here's God's plan for you. And then we find that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. God's plan for us is this. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And the entire law is summed up in a single command. It's love your neighbor as yourself. So I say in verse 16, I live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. What will happen? As we live by the power of God's Spirit, as we live in the joy of having Christ's forgiveness and unconditional love, a change will come over us. It'll take quite a while for it to happen. 
but it'll gradually happen and others will even see it in you because God's Spirit is going to work in your life and the fruit of the Spirit, the result of the work of that Spirit is going to be to give you more love and more joy and more peace and to give you patience and kindness and goodness and to develop faithfulness in you and gentleness in you and self-control in you. He's going to develop all the qualities that are in the person of Jesus Christ. But this is how he's going to do it. That's why you don't want to follow someone else. He knows who you are. He created you. He knows where you've got to start. He knows where you're strong. He knows where you're weak. He knows your personality. He knows your potential. He knows your passion as you go through life. He knows the abilities that you have because he gave you those abilities. And he also knows the spiritual gift that he feels is going to fit you so you can use a spiritual gift in the days ahead. God's plan is that the Holy Spirit will graciously and lovingly guide you on an individual basis and direct you and empower you and lead your life through steps of growth patiently developing your way creatively based on who you were meant to be and then he will move you gradually into a community and into some relationships that at first are going to be very helpful to you but then he's going to keep on moving you into relationships where you can be of help to others and you understand what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. His guidance will be purposeful. It'll be wise. But it will also be truly liberating. And his work in your life will be a gracious gift. It will end up making you a new person in Christ Jesus. If you've got an outline in your bulletin, and you do, on the back of that outline, you'll see some of the things the despair will do in your life. Instead of empty despair and the guilt of sin and all of that, you will be called to righteousness and you'll be filled with hope. Instead of drifting through life haphazardly, wondering about where life is and how to put it all together and haphazardly going from one desire to another, trying to find something in this world that makes sense, you will be directed and you'll be given a steadfastness of God's will in your life. Rather than living a divided life and a divisive life, you're going to be called into a relationship with God where you are actually going to become an agent of reconciliation and you're, you're going to make a difference in the lives of others. You're going to get rid of that self-centeredness because you're going to learn how to care for others and want to. You're not going to live in isolation anymore because God will bring a community around you. He calls it his family. He calls it his church. And you'll want to reach out to them and they'll want to reach out to you. And you'll help each other along the way. You won't live in isolation. You'll live in community. You won't be conformed to this world around you and trying to make it like everybody else is. Instead, you're going to be transformed and you're going to be coming, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life.
Instead of an emphasis on individualism, instead of being important, instead of I standing out, you're going to be called the holiness and love. And a holiness and a love that'll make you very different from what you are now. Actually, it's a wonderful life, but it all takes place as you accept God's grace and you allow him to come into your life and you ask him for forgiveness and you ask him to come in and take over and be the Lord of your life. And when you do, you begin a journey. That's a wonderful journey, a purposeful journey in Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Our Father, we, we all want that freedom. And we all realize that that freedom is in the person of Jesus Christ. And for a variety of reasons, we try to go our own way. And it is so important for us to know that you have to be God and we have to understand we're not God. Our life is not a life that we're to try to figure out. Our life is a life where we are to commit ourselves to Jesus Christ so that we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in our lives, making us new people, understanding our way, making a difference as we go through life, that others might even be blessed because we're here. God, help us to see it all. In Jesus' name, amen.